Good evening, church. Uh, hey, <laughs> good evening, church. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. Got a couple things we want to talk about. Um, we really do believe that we are better together, uh, and that happens in small groups of people. Uh, we've got some new opportunities uh, for small groups. Uh, I've got one up here uh, just confirmed tonight with the Zoom group uh, that's going to be happening here in a couple weeks. They are doing a new study by Max Lucado uh, called In the Grip of Grace. Uh, I've done this book in a small, study, uh, small group study myself before. A uh, really great book. And that is happening February 6th is what we said, right? February 6th, uh, they're going to start on Tuesdays at 7.30, and they'll go through the, uh, that book. So if you're interested and want a book, uh, we've got them on order, but we may need a couple more if uh, some new people join as well. So if you're interested, just see Justin over here. Uh, he leads that group, doing a great job with it, and uh, he'd love to have you in that group as well. Winter Jam is coming to Rupp uh, here in a few weeks, February 4th, happening on a Sunday, uh, downtown Lexington, and we are taking a group with us. Uh, this is open to anyone, not just Journey students, but uh, we encourage you to join us if you'd like to. Uh, tickets are just 15 bucks at the door. Uh, that's all you got to pay. No upfront, anything like that. Nothing online have to order before. Uh, just take 15 bucks cash with you and uh, give at the door, and you're ready to go, and you just go in and find a seat. Uh, it's pretty cool. So if you're interested in that and you'd like to uh, get with this group that's going, uh, just find me after service, and I'll get you any info uh, that you might need for that. Uh, the big game is taking place uh, Sunday, February 11th. We're going to be watching it here with Journey students uh, looking to cater some food and uh, have some fun games more than just football. Uh, the Super Bowl commercials are fun too. Uh, Jesus was in the Super Bowl last year, uh, the He Gets Us commercial. Uh, he'll probably be in there again this year. But it's going to be a lot of fun, so join us for that February 11th uh, starting at 6 here at the church. And then we've got two outreach opportunities, some winter outreach opportunities, and uh, we feel some of these are very fitting uh, because of the weather. So let's talk about this first one. Uh, our local animal shelter uh, is in need of some blankets and newspapers, and uh, we've got a tub right up here, uh, not, hard to, not hard to miss. You've got some blankets there on the side with some paw prints on them. If you want to bring in some newspapers and uh, some throws, nothing like a huge blanket, just some throws, uh, to go in that tub, we're going to take those to the shelter February 4th. Uh, we're going to take those. So up until February 4th, you can bring these in throughout the week of 8.30 to 5.30 here if you're going Wednesday, uh, Monday through Friday. And here on the weekends during service times, you can bring these in as well until February 4th. So if you would like to help with that, just bring in some newspapers, some blankets, and throw them in there. Uh, that would help us out a lot. And then we're going to talk about Valentine's Day because February is going to be here before we know it. And uh, we're actually doing it with Journey Kids. Uh, Journey Kids is going to be putting together some Valentines and giving them to our local nursing homes. Uh, that's going to be really fun. So they are going to be putting these together during class time, uh, and that is on February 4th. And they will be signing them uh, themselves uh, from Journey or from you know their first name and giving it to these residents. So we are putting those goodie bags together with Valentines and candy February 4th. So if you're a parent or guardian of a Journey kid that's here on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights, uh, we encourage you to bring in some Valentines and some candy uh, to give so we can put these in these uh, goodie bags. We are going to get the goodie bags, Journey Church will, uh, but we're asking parents and other volunteers if they want to bring in items for this outreach, uh, that would help us out a ton. So again, that's February 4th that the kids will put those together 
in class in an assembly line and our volunteers will whip them into shape and they'll be ready for the workforce by the, you know, by the time they get older. So Briella uh, cleaned the church with me Friday because Bobby couldn't get out and uh, Bobby came in and he said, this looked uh, better than it ever has been. So props for that. So Briella is going to be on the workforce, but she's pretty good with uh, assembly line style too. We put her to work at home. So uh, if you want to help out with that too, you can help us bring in those Valentines and candies and uh, we'll put those together February 4th back there in class. Now we're continuing our series today, uh, What is Needed Most? And we're talking about a uh, hot topic today. Uh, We're talking about the S word. We're talking about sex today. Now Bobby's going to be a little bit lighter. He's not going to go too far into it. So uh, before we get into this, I'd like to pray over uh, tonight's message. Would you bow with me please? God, we thank you for this evening, and uh, right now I pray for Bobby as he brings forth this message for us. Uh, I pray that he would just communicate clearly uh, that this this sex that you've designed, it really is a gift. It's meant for good. It's intended for good, uh, but we misuse it sometimes, and I pray that we could look in the book of Proverbs and see how we can communicate clearly what it is that you have to say to us. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Brian really set me up here, I tell you. I'm thinking to myself, these guys are thinking, they're talking about sex? Where do I get home and tell them? I hit the preacher's talking about sex, and you didn't even come tonight. So I'm glad you're here. Let me start with this. Let me just say this. God, I'm, God is an awesome God. I don't care what the topic is. I don't care what we're talking about. If it's out of the Bible and it's about God, it is cool. It really is. Jesus is cool, and God is cool, and he has a message for us, and I will share some thoughts and outline with you tonight, and uh, let me say this too. We really do care about you. We're not just trying to, you know, have class. This isn't like class. I have a message, and you got some notes, and you're going to take a few thoughts away. This is different, guys. Whether we're five people, two people, or 500 people, I care about you. I care about every one of you. And God cares about each of us more than I could or anyone else. And so it's, it's really about a relationship. And I know there are other places that you can find a relationship. You guys belong to other organizations. You have other places that you meet with people. And they care about you too. But I want you to think about this with me. God is unique. It's different than any other organization or collection of people that you'll ever find. I'm serious. God is our creator. He is the divine one who got all of this started. And he's given us the benefit of belonging to all kinds of groups. And that's terrific. But the one special group that everybody should have a connection with 
is God and his family and his church. And I know that that's a struggle in our culture today. Everybody's busy and lots of other kind of groups. But I'm going to guide you through some thoughts out of Proverbs tonight that you really need to listen to. Maybe it's not for you specifically, but there's something in here for all of us. I promise you, you guys who are online as well that catch this, there's something here for everyone, and I'm going to do my best to share that with you. Not take that much time. Uh, honestly, on a cold night, I, I hope that uh, I can do this as quick as possible, But and it does warm your hearts, I hope, is what happens. I, I need to really say this, too. I am thrilled that we got a bucket over here, and we care about everybody's pets, because my pets and your pets are like our family, and those animals and pets at the animal shelter, if they're cold and we can help them, I am really thrilled that we can do that somehow. I'm also interested if you're a person who needs warming that that we want to help you as well. Someone just walked in a moment ago and says, does our community have a warming shelter? Listen to me. If you know somebody who is cold, whatever person they are, call my phone number, 859-588-6642. I promise you, we will try to find somebody. Our community does have a warming shelter. They put it, uh, a number out. They put a location out. But if you don't know how to find that connection, call my number. Seriously. We care about you, and I hope that everybody is warm on these kind of cold weather kind of days. Say amen. I'm telling you. <laughs> This isn't, church is not anything like what you imagined. I had this imagination about church like it's not for me, and that, that was years ago, and I've discovered that it really is. God is for everybody. So here we go. Let me see if I can guide us through the topic of sex that Brian says we're talking about tonight. So let me get there and see what I can do. My word for 2024 was wisdom. That's the word that I'm praying about and thinking about all of 2024. We need wisdom, and so, so do you, I do, and everyone else. And so I decided that my first series in the year, 2024, would be the series that we're in, What Do We Need Before We Turn the Page? And I decided that Proverbs is the place to go. And the first episode, the first outline, the first lesson was Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And in that lesson, I introduced this idea, and I told everyone, and I hope you heard me, if you don't get the first lesson, you're not going to get any of the rest of it. And I said, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, fear and respect and honor of God is the beginning of wisdom. Read it for yourself. I don't care where you go to school. I don't care what education you have. I don't care how much money you make. If you do not understand that everything begins with God and how we honor and respect and revere God, you are not going to find the kind of wisdom that you need in your life. You can be a recovering alcoholic or drug addict or recovering from a relationship. You can be recovering from some kind of death and grief. You can be a recovering person, but you need wisdom to recover. 
And the only way that you're going to get there is by figuring out what I said in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. We all need wisdom. So, so far what I've shared with you guys out of Proverbs about wisdom is first figure out how to respect, honor, and listen to God. Begin there. And then if you can get that right by picking God first, then we pick better friends. That was part two. Pick better friends who are loyal, who will tell you the truth when you're drifting and you're heading in a direction that's going to cause you a lot of grief in the future when somebody will not flatter you but tell you the truth. Pick those kind of friends. And then last week we said pick friends, pick God, pick friends, and then pick your words carefully. Because if you're not careful... You're going to let loose of some words that you're going to regret and you're going to wish you could get them back and our words sometimes are toxic and uh, that's going to cause you some problems because of the words that we use. So how am I going to get to this topic of sex by saying pick something. Pick God. Pick friends, better friends. Brian's waiting for what, because it's not in the notes. He couldn't read this. Pick God, pick friends, pick my words. Okay, here we go. Here's where I'm going with sex. We have to pick healthy boundaries in our physical relationships. You have to pick that, Buster. Healthy boundaries. Now, let me give you the image and the picture before I walk you through Proverbs. Two weeks ago, before all this polar vortex stuff arrived and five inches of snow in my driveway that I had to push away yesterday for four hours, <laughs> two weeks ago, I was sitting on my sunroom in the back looking out on a pasture, a hillside, and I have a fence in my yard joining a hayfield with a farmer and as I looked at that fence I noticed in the dead of winter that my fence is beginning to sag in the corner and it's leaning and I can see that it's falling down a rusty old woven wire fence is beginning to fall it got my curiosity so I went outside, got up out of my soft seat, warm room, walked outside and went down to the corner of the fence there in my yard and I looked. And I I looked down and the bottom of my corner post is completely rotted out. Now I couldn't tell that during the summer because my grass looks green. I mow it, it looks nice. The hay fields got, you know, pasture, a lot of greenery hiding my corner post but in the dead of winter it's all exposed that's what happens to us when we don't pick healthy boundaries and relationships it's like a leaning post and things begin to fall down our fence won't hold itself up any longer now that's the image why you need wisdom if you've got a firm, tight, strong corner post that's tight, your fence will stay up and your cows will stay in and everything will be fine. But it all falls apart. 
if your fence begins to fall down. And the same thing is true in our personal life with boundaries, healthy boundaries. If we don't pick healthy boundaries in our relationships with other people, things begin to fall down. And other people begin to notice like the dead of winter, it's uh, not hidden anymore. So if you're taking notes, uh, you might want to jot this down. Uh, God who wants the best for us has something to say about sexual temptation and sin. Put that in the blanks. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about this this uh, idea that God wants us to be talking and discussing in church of all places, the topic of our physical relationship, men and women. We're talking about it everywhere else and except in church sometimes. And, and sex then is something that seems like it's kind of a weird topic, but actually it's a God topic. And in the right context, in the context of church and God, and family, and marriage between a husband and a wife, the physical part of the relationship is a gift that God has given to us to enjoy, and it is not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that's crazy. It is something that uh, we should we should be uh, confident about. So I'm confident in teaching this lesson, and uh, I hope that it helps because our culture has stolen God's topic. Our culture has stolen sex from the context of the Bible. Our culture stolen it and hijacked it and changed it. And they're not healthy boundaries. We've made our own. <laughs> and we camouflage it. It looks pretty good. We dress it up and make it look really nice until there's a crisis like some polar vortex in the dead of winter and everything's swept away. And you see everything. You see the corners and, and you see the corner post and you see everything that's happened and it's not a pretty sight. So God who wants the best for us has something to say about temptation, sexual temptation and sin. So check out this verse, Proverbs chapter 6. Here we go. I said I'd go to Proverbs. Let's get there. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Probably you've got too close to a campfire and somebody's stirred the, stirred the fire a bit with some kind of stick and all the embers went up in the air. Maybe you burned a hole in your shirt or your pants because you got too close. It's a great image. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? Verse 29, so he who sleeps with another man's wife, that's not the kind of boundary, healthy boundary, pick a, pick a healthy boundary, that's not the one. No one who touches her will go unpunished. So I don't have to tell you how many people that I know and you know in our culture and the places that we go to work every day, even in church that have been burned burned by some kind of relationship, physical relationship that was outside the boundaries that God had established in marriage between a man and a woman. And so it leaves scars behind and pain and it can be a long-term kind of recovery like somebody in a burn unit in a hospital. Relationships can really get damaged and sometimes uh, scars are left that can't be repaired. So I'm going to walk you through what Proverbs has, what Solomon says about the physical relationship that was written some 3,000 years ago 
but it sure is relevant if it ever was today in our world. We sure need to learn what does God's, God who created this called sex, this physical relationship between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, uh, what, what is really in the Bible? So let me walk you through a few of these things you can jot down. I've got about three of them here. I think you'll take a few notes. Here's what it says. Solomon tells us about this topic. It's going to be something that's very tempting to everyone. It's going to be very tempting. This is one of those things like, can't pass the refrigerator. i got to stop and get one of those chocolate bars. Man, I have this. It's the same kind of thing. We have this temptation and so the physical relationship especially when we're young and that's where he starts and uh, I, I've said it many times but it's the honest goodness truth I had an old professor in his 80s and I had another professor that was in his 40s still a very young a viral a very young professor teacher person very alive, and he asked his 85-year-old mentor, he said, Sir, sir, I've got, I'm having these problems with these thoughts and these images, and I know it's wrong, and I feel guilty, and I'm scared to death, and when can I ever get over this? And the old man looked at him, true story, and said, Son, I wouldn't trust myself three days dead in the grave. It's a big temptation. Don't trust yourself ever. It is a difficult one because we're people, so this doesn't matter what our age is. We can get in trouble all of our life. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 1. Let's read it. I'll put it on the screen and we'll follow what it says. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. There you go. We need God's wisdom. Solomon's telling us what it is. Listen well to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge, good sense, keep you out of trouble. That's what we want is wisdom. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, tastes really good, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, it is really a bitter taste, bitter as gall, like gravel in your mouth, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. She has a destination. So he's using these pictures, not naming names, but he's using it in a symbolic way of men and women and some kind of a, uh, unhealthy relationship uh, of, of someone who is a prostitute. Her feet go down to death. Her, ste her steps lead straight to the grave. Verse 6, she gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. She doesn't have a clue about what's really uh, true and important in life. Verse 7, now then, my sons, all of you, listen to me. Whatever your age is, do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from this trouble person, this troublemaker, this lady who is like sweeter than honey on the outside, but she is headed to the grave and take you down too. Do not go near the door of her house. Amen? That was pretty weak, but you probably should all say amen. Stay away from trouble. Say amen. amen. Yeah, I don't care what it looks like. Just stay away. So Solomon says, if you're taking notes, write it down. Sexual sin is very tempting it always has been. It always will be. It's not just when you're 20 or 40 or 60 or even 80. The temptation will lure us like bait on a hook. It tastes sweet like honey. It goes down smooth, but pretty soon it becomes the worst bellyache you ever had in your life. Say amen. Got a few more amens. Not as many, but that's all right. So if you take notes, it will, write this down, it will destroy relationships and intimacy. That's why you want to stay away from her door. 
This is, is a symbolic lesson and outline, not a specific person, but using this in a way that we can all understand. Verse 5, uh, it is not going to be life-giving, but it's going to be something that's life-taking. It will kill a relationship, and it will fuel all kinds of guilt and shame. And uh, he wants us to think about that, how, how this happens, this infidelity and unfaithfulness in a relationship, and how it can ruin uh, the intimacy and the integrity, and, and it weakens our resolve. It's what it actually does. It weakens our resolve, and uh, we lose control. Like our words. Like last week, we lose control of our words, and we can lose control of our discipline, and we go places and say things to people we shouldn't be talking to. And uh, it doesn't have to be just a physical kind of contact. It can be an emotional contact that you're, you're more emotionally contact, connected to somebody that's not your spouse. You may be emotionally more connected with somebody. You may speak to, you may be texting and talking to someone you have no business talking to. You're talking to them way too much. And so it, it's this same kind of warning. What, however it happens, it is a warning. It will rob us and destroy the intimacy that God intended for marriage. It weakens our resolve. So Solomon continues to talk and says, don't go near it, stay away, warns us, you're not going to be able to conquer this attraction, this lust all by yourself, need help, we need help, say help. Some of you are aware of uh, people struggling with uh, addiction, recovery, you work with some people like that. You sponsor people, mentor people. That's great. We're, Journey wants to support that too. And we're actually going to start a Celebrate Recovery group in Journey Building March 11th. Right date? Is that the right date, Brian? March 11th. And we've got a couple of people who are going to facilitate that who are Journey regulars who are working in this area of recovery, addiction, and uh, so we're not trying to replace the AA meeting or Al-Anon meeting. We're trying to partner with those people, and we're going to have a meeting in our building that's going to get launched uh, this year, March 11th, on Monday night. I think it's 6 is the time that we've got. But uh, hopefully we'll give you some more information about that. But we're very interested in helping people try to recover because we all need help. And you can't conquer addiction by yourself. Everybody needs a little help. Say amen. Well, this physical thing I'm talking about is the same kind of addiction that you're not going to conquer just by saying, I'm not going to look at that or I'm not going to think about that or I'm not going to do that. So Solomon tells us, gives us this warning and here's what it says in the message paraphrase, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Put that on the screen. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. As written in Scripture, the two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the Master, with God, we must not pursue the kind of sex, the physical relationship that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever, the kind of sex that can never become one. So our culture wants us to enjoy one-dimensional kind of physical relationship called sex. God wants us instead to enjoy multi-dimensional 
three-dimensional kind of relationship with him, which is spiritual first, and then a relational second, and then physical third. And so we begin dating and we get all jacked up and excited like we're high on some kind of drug, physical drug, where we want to be in a physical relationship with someone long before we ever know that person very well, long before we ever decided to get married, and we do it backwards. And that's what our culture does. But God has this design for us to do it his way which begins with a spiritual connection, then a, a relational friendship connection, and then finally in marriage, a physical relationship. And if you do it his way, and you, you seek his wisdom, then you find that there is success and joy and happiness. And what I just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, you're never going to have what you're looking for in a relationship if, if it's only physical. Still with me? You're thinking, man, I should have heard this about 70 years ago. I'm about ready for the grave now. What are you going to tell me all this stuff now? Well, tell somebody. Tell somebody and think about it even if you're 85. Solomon said, do not go near the door of the house of the adulterers. And why? Why do you ask? Write this down. Here's number two. Because the best parts of your life are going to be taken away. Just like a drug addict, an alcoholic who's been trying to recover for the last 40 years, 50 years, wasted time, never overcome. Same thing, all kinds of addictive di addiction behavior. The best parts of our life will be taken away. Proverbs chapter, chapter 5, Solomon says, heed my warning. Look at verse 9. Lest you give your best strength to others, they're not really your friends. Come on, let's go drinking. Let's go, let's go, let's go get high. Come on, those guys are not your friends. Lest you give your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. You're going to be paying child support, is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. You're going to end up, this relationship's not going to last. You've had a kid or two, and now you're going to end up going to court, and somebody's going to tell you to pay child support for the next 15 years. Yeah. Listen to him. Look, read it. At the end of your life, you will groan. Say, groan? Mm-hmm. When your flesh and body are all worn out from jobs and overtime and trying to show up in court, a court-ordered kind of settlement, you owe this or you're going to go to jail, you will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. If you're not willing to change and you're not willing to take advice, you're not going to be in recovery. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors or my small group leader or my mentor or sponsor. You better listen to them. Verse 14, I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. So write this down if you're wondering in your next recovery meeting, wherever you go, in whatever town or community that you live in, write down this passage, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 9 through 14. If you're on the brink or you know somebody that's on the brink or they're about to just tumble and fall farther than they really want to go, 
Solomon says there's a pattern here about all kind of addictive behavior and sexual sins fit into this. You are going to look back, write this down, and regret all of it. You're going to look back on these parts of your life. You're going to be taken away, and you're going to live with regret for a long time. Say, long time? Is this helpful? Say amen. Heck yeah, it's helpful. It's right out of the Bible, and we need to share this with people that we're already working with. There are some relationships that you should have broken off, <laughs> but you didn't, and you got into some kind of cycle of events that you just keep repeating. It's like every kind of addiction. It's a big waste of our time. It's expensive, and it eats up chunks and chunks of our time and our money and our health and our life, and we live with regrets of all kinds, a divorce, a pregnancy, a loss of job and income, loss of my health, everything. And uh, I'm just saying, you lose so many opportunities, and you're not going to get some of those back. You're not going to be eligible in the future for some of those things that you gave your life away to some kind of foolish addiction that Solomon warns us about. It's all going to come out. Sooner or later, it's all going to come out like a bad train wreck. And Solomon says when it does, it's like my fence post that I discovered was rotted at the bottom. Let me give you the sermon right here. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. If you don't build your house on the rock, if you build your house on the sand, if you don't have a corner post that is tight and solid and can hold you up and everything else that happens in your life, in the Bible, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Remember when the Jews said, remember when the Jewish people said, remember when the Jewish leaders said, when Jesus said in three days, this is going to be gone. It's going to all fall. Remember when Jesus said what he could do and that he was the chief cornerstone. He's not kidding. If you do not choose Jesus for the foundation of your life and your healthy boundaries, you're going to be like my fences come apart. Your life's going to come apart. And you can leave towns and cities and relationships and jobs, and people, and states, and countries. There is no other. Jesus. Jesus is cool. God is cool. And it's all going to come out. Sooner or later, our life is going to be a wreck, like our future is going to end up with a, us sitting on a pile of regret. Here's number three. If you're still with me. So Solomon gives us a solution to consider. This kind of physical relationship that doesn't have healthy boundaries, pick healthy boundaries in your physical relationship that's in the Bible, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. Solomon says it's tempting that you will take shortcuts and you'll try to hide your old fence whose corner post is rotted at the bottom and you don't have a foundation 
that's solid anymore. You're going to lose the best parts of your life trying to camouflage and run from trouble, but trouble is going to find you. Solomon says, do you want a way out? Proverbs 5. Maybe you think this is a crazy verse too, but look, look at Look at what he says, how he gives us this picture. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. If you haven't caught on, to what Solomon is trying to be polite in a Hebrew Bible. Cisterns and water are the polite Hebrew way of talking about sex. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. I can just see this guy preaching this Jewish kind of sermon and everybody's ears perked up now. They were all asleep and I've heard this sermon before and they hadn't heard one like that. Now they're listening. Verse 20, why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? Never get involved. Solomon gives us this picture. Never get involved in some public situation. And he uses the word fountain to describe prostitution and people who sleep around. And he calls this like bad water. Find satisfaction instead from our own spring, like spring water, like purified water, like like Journey Church tries to get the best water for drinking water, and it comes from a spring, and they, they bring it up here to Cooper Wholesale, and now we're finding out that Cooper Wholesale doesn't have a truck or a driver to go down and get enough of it because spring water is the best water. Say, best water? We'd rather have that water than Kroger water or Walmart water or buying any bottle of water. So we try to buy this spring water, and that's what Solomon is telling us. Find satisfaction in your own spring cistern water, fresh water, not toilet water, at your house, not somebody else's house. Some other relationship, wacko. If you do that, it's going to mess things up. So pick better water. Is this, that's the word he gave us for a polite way to say. God gave us this physical relationship to bring a husband and a wife together. Put that down. He gave us the physical relationship to bring, bring us literally together in a physical way. And I go through this with every couple. I've done weddings for 45 years and married my own kids and other people's kids. And I, I take them through the same outline. I say everybody's got an opinion about how to make a marriage last and how to make it be a good one. And, but let's go to the Bible and find out what the guy that, the guy that invented marriage, how, how about if we go to God's version because he's the guy that started marriage. I said, what does he say? Genesis 2.24. 
Leave, cleave, and become one flesh. Leave, cleave, and become one flesh. And so if I've done your wedding, you heard me teach you this. Leave, cleave, and become one flesh. That's the formula for a successful relationship, Genesis 2.24. It's in the book of beginnings. It's the story of Adam and Eve. It's the story of every couple, every man and woman. It's a story we all ought to pay attention to. Leave, cleave, and become one flesh. And I can elaborate and spend about an hour talking to you about what those three phrases mean, what those three statements mean. But I am telling you that part of what it means is that God intended for this person and this person, this man and this woman, this husband and this wife in marriage to come together in a physical relationship that we can enjoy. He, he planned for that. It's not something that's an accident. It's not something like God looked down at you know Adam and said, what in the world are you two doing down at the Garden of Eden today? Who told you about that? It's not that kind of idea. It's the opposite. It's a blessing of God. It's a gift of God. It's created by God, but it has to be done God's way. And so that's what we learn in Solomon's description. God gave us this gift of the physical relationship between a husband and wife that we literally are coming together, but not just physically, but in this multidimensional kind of relationship with friends and God and our spiritual life that's shared together, if all you have is a good sex life, that'll wash away. If you don't have a friendship with this person who's your best friend, and a physical relationship and a spiritual relationship, you're going to struggle. It's going to be a struggle, dude. Yep. And that's what Solomon tells us. So you ought to listen, take a few notes. Solomon says, if you and your spouse were the only two people on the planet, it would be a lot easier to be satisfied with what you got. But that ain't the way it works. If the only color of car that you could buy is black, we'd all be happy with a black car. Say amen? Well, we got a whole lot of other colors. A lot of picking, a lot of things to worry about. So Solomon says in my message tonight, at least I'm taking some ownership of what I think he might tell us. If your wife is short, you better be into short chicks. That's all I can say. Whatever she is or whatever he is, you be into that. Amen? That's what he's saying, dude. Better think that through. Bottom line, we need wisdom. One way leads to death. The other leads to life. So now what do I do? I've done this or that. and Well, our past does not define us, thank goodness. Jesus does, our relationship with Jesus, thank goodness, and that's why we're going to take communion, and it's not over, thank goodness. So we have to confess our sins. It's going to come out sooner or later anyway. All that pretty grass in the summertime and all that hay field, that's going to all die in the dead of winter. Somebody's going to find out what you've really been up to. So flee from some things do it now, some people, some situations, before you have a pile of regrets that you're sitting on, and get some help, 
And this is how Solomon ends it, chapter 5, verse 21. For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. Now, I read all that pretty quick, but look at those words. Go back to it again. Solomon's got a lot for us to chew on there. Verse 21, 22, and 23. Everything that you're thinking and doing already is in full view of God, and he's examining your heart, and it's time to change. We may fool everybody else in our life, but you're not going to fool God while you're fooling around. Amen? Mm -hmm. All right, let's pass the communion, and I'm going to get a cup here. God is cool, and Jesus is cool. Romans 12, 2. Romans 8, 28. There is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Man, I am so glad that I can tell you that. Jesus, oh my goodness, I don't deserve it. I, I wanted to have better thoughts and better actions, but thank you, Jesus, that it's not over and I have mercy and grace and I can say I'm sorry and I can really mean it and you'll help me try to do better and I will grow and I can recover and thank you, God, for bringing people who will comfort me and keep me warm when it's cold outside but thank you God people tell me the truth and and not flatter me but tell me the truth thank you God for Solomon's wisdom and and give us some Jesus really is for everybody for God so loved the world amen take the bread he loves you don't you let this preacher, Bobby D, discourage you. I'm telling you what you need to hear, but let God heal you with the truth. Together? Let's pray. God, thank you that in church that we can talk about a topic that everybody else in the world talks about, but they don't know what they're talking about about half the time. That you are the place to go when it comes to learning about healthy boundaries. Thank you for that. And thank you that we have a place to go that we know that you really are for everybody, that our past does not define us, Jesus does. And so all of us who took communion right now, just now, in person and online, in whatever kind of condition or circumstance, if we have surrendered and we believe that Jesus is our Savior and we ask you to take over and help us be more. May we find relief and recovery right now in his name. Amen. Drop your cup in the little basket. You come back and join us as we continue the series. We've got a couple more lessons. What else can that preacher talk about? Talking about our friends and our picking better friends. Pick God first and Pick better friends and then pick better words and then pick better healthy boundaries. What can we talk about next? We're going to find out next weekend. Come and join us as we talk 
by God's wisdom from the book of Proverbs. You guys who are home, man, stay warm, and I'm not kidding. My number is 859-588-6642. If you'll call it, I'll answer it, and we'll find out how to help you if you're cold. Right now, I mean it. And you guys who are here with us, let's sing a song like we really mean it, like we really do love Jesus because he loves us. Let's do that. <laughs> 